You are listening to a podcast from West Hill United Church located in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. These podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our listeners, volunteers, and members of our community. To donate, go to our website, www.westhill.net, and click on the Canada Helps button, or go to www.westhill.net forward slash donate. Okay. Good morning. (laughs) We wish to acknowledge that we are on the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of the New uh, Credit First Nations lands, which lands were previously occupied by the Seneca and the Huron Wendat First Nation. There are a number of readings today, each of them very short. The first one is from the Buddha. As you know, he founded a very important religion about 500 BC. Uh, Whatever words we utter should be chosen with care, for people will be influenced by them, for good or ill. The second one is by Thomas Huxley, a scientist, biologist, the one who who promoted the uh, theory of evolution. Uh, He coined the word agnosticism, a word we're all familiar with as a method for exploring what is knowable and what is not, denied that religion was a source of morality. We live in a world which is full of misery and ignorance, and the plain plain duty of each and all of us is to try to make the little corner we can influence somewhat less miserable and somewhat less ignorant than he was before we entered it. The third one is by, from Emily Dickinson, an American poet, and you probably know her very well, raised as a Calvinist, but she retained an interest in religious themes, but did not attend church. She once noticed that the Bible is an antique volume written by faded men, which I like. If I can stop one heart from breaking, I shall not live in vain. If I can ease one life the aching, or cool one pain, or help one fainting robin have his nest again, I shall not live in vain. And the, the next one is from Lord Montesquieu, an 18th century lawyer and political philosopher. He urged the end of the feudalistic system, which was still prevalent in France until the Revolution. And he explored, explored the influence of climate and material realities on people's social lives. The tyranny of a prince in an oligarchy is not so dangerous to the public welfare as the apathy of a citizen in a a democracy. And the last one is Henry Frederick Emil, a Swiss moral philosopher. Every life is a profession of faith and exercises an inevitable and silent influence, offered as wisdom for the journey. Thank you. Now, each week, uh, the, th- the three Sundays that I've um, been privileged to speak with you on um, the topics, I have brought books. Um, first time I brought 18 books, and the second time I brought 11 books um, to go with the idea of, of the, the topic. And I have only brought four this time, uh, and I will tell you about them in a moment. We've been 
we've been, I've been linking, uh, just as a social worker might, linking our grounded in life, guided by love, and growing in wisdom with uh, the major principles of, of psychosocial health, mental health, the principles of mental health. You all know them. Um, you all exhibit them in spades. Um, but they are the sense of self, the sense of who I am, my identity, and then where I belong, where I fit in, who, who, who's my, who are my people, who are, who are my group. And the third one that we're going to be talking about today is what influence do I have? What do I do that matters? Where, what, what's my impact? Those are three big pillars of, of ordinary mental health, quite apart from church or anything like that. Um, and and we, we all fluctuate in our health in each one of them over a lifetime. Today, we're talking about the, the impact and the influence we have. Uh, and, I, and I asked you before, if you could be thinking of someone in your life over the, over the years, could be early, could be later, that had a profound influence on your life for good or for ill. And they can be both. They can be even the same person at a different time. Uh, someone whose way of living, whose way of speaking, whose, whose, whether they bumped into you or not in life in a figurative way um, or literal way. Um, but is, and, and I don't know if anyone wants to even share just the name of someone or someone that, that, that uh, affected their life for good. I think we'll, we'll stick with that. So is there anyone that would like to say who affected their life for good? You've already mentioned some people right there, Anne, um, that made Kevin who he is. So we'll thank them. Uh, anyone have someone they'd like to say was influential? Yes, Murray. I just finished reading a book by Robin Sharma, and it's very interesting and it had a positive effect on me. Excellent. And, and he may not know that man, that writer, but it has an, had an influence. Anyone else in their past, in their present? A person who meant a lot to you? Well. So, and then I want you to think of what event in your life affected you greatly, for good or for ill. That can be an event of weather, an event of finances, an event of, of, of some sort of disaster or catastrophe you've lived through, or something that changed about your job. It could be your job, it could be your education. An event that affected you greatly, for good or for ill. And when you look back, you say... If that hadn't happened, I would be a very different person. And that can be a, a, a tough thing or a really good thing. And I've mentioned, we've mentioned a couple of things here that have made a positive difference, but there's other big things in your life. I've had, and then, and then of course, how, how, how have you known someone in your sphere of influence who was profoundly affected by something that happened in life and it changed their life forever? You couldn't go back, they had to cope with it, but it had a big impact. Is there, any, is there any way those lights could be... I don't know what, where those lights... Well, I can't really see you. Uh, could, does someone know how those... Are? Oh, I, I'm going to just... I think so. Oh, okay. I mean, it gives me that Israel Hollywood star feeling for a moment, but I don't need it. I really don't need it. Um, so, uh, and then there are people who could have had an impact in your life, 
and didn't and weren't there for you. I, I deal with almost, almost, not yet, almost, over half. <sighs> there. Hello. <laughs> um, was that right? Okay. There's a there's one when I'm at the piano. Yeah, that one really gets me sometimes too. No, we're we're good. We're good. Well, I don't need this. no. I don't need the spotlight on me. I'm just saying we're fine. So, so someone that was in a position to influence you for good and didn't. I have I couldn't. Like she's trying to get us over here. Oh, you got it from here. You got it. Now, could someone deal with the sunlight that's coming through that window? <laughs> Actually, it's nice to see the sunlight. Um, I, the, the work I do in the, in the counseling part of my job, I cannot tell you how many people I've worked with, and this could be you or someone you know really well, whose parents, for whatever reason, uh, substance abuse or mental health issues or doing five jobs because they were a single parent or whatever, were not there, did not fulfill the role of parenting to a child. Um, even not an issue of love or not, just not capable of providing that reflection of worth and dignity and ability. And, and the, the three things we're talking about, to give the child a sense of who they are, their identity, their dignity as a person, to give them a sense that they belong, that they, they matter, they belong to, a, to the family, they belong to the, the group, they belong to the world, and that they can do things, they, they, can, they can affect things, and it's good. And they've, But those three things weren't there because those people weren't capable of giving that. And it has a lifelong influence, and if it's you... It's had a lifelong influence and it matters. And yes, there is healing and yes, there is work that can be done. But one of the loneliest things I've ever worked with with people is when they realize that they have to parent themselves. Now, the plus is they can. The minus is that they have to. So there's always the both there. And that's one's worth celebrating and the other's worth grieving alongside with someone. I'm sorry you have to do this work. I mean, I sit there sometimes. I didn't. <laughs> I had loving, supportive, caring parents that I, I remember the most, you know, the abusive, the abuse in my family was that they actually requ- requested that I be home for dinner on time at least half the week when I was a teenager. You know, that was very, very impressive of them that, you know, they'd made a meal for me and it was sitting there and I was late. So, so, uh, and I'm only saying that in that the difference between me and that person sitting across from me in the counseling office is where we landed. It's not to my credit. It's not. I, 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 in fact, I'll just mention that one of the sort of uh, symbolic pictures I, I, I give people when when they're trying they haven't yet figured out that it was their family of origin that that let them down uh, because it can't be them it must be it must be themselves I, I i make a little baby floating in the air i mean i don't make a little i mean i put i pretend there's a little baby floating in the air above a neighborhood and i sort of name some fictitious people living in this neighborhood couples where we could land the baby and then, you know, this is after considerable work with them. I don't start the session with this. But, but, so where, and then I name their parents, this person's parents. And they say, can we put the baby there? And in one particular counseling session I did, the person actually screamed. No, no, don't put, and that was her home. 
So what I, that the importance of that part to give a person a sense of self and a self of a sense of belonging and a self of sense of sorry sense of influence is so so important. So this idea of an impact. Um, is what I want to talk to, to to us today and talk to myself about today that that um, that the spheres of influence that we have now what there spheres of influence the, the background there is actually a picture a rendition of the music of the spheres which was a medieval idea that all the planets were singing at a certain tone and all together there was the music of the spheres we're talking about uh, uh, the the, uh, the spheres of influence. And and it's a it's a very uh, trendy statement now. It, we, in a lot of self help stuff, you'll hear spheres of influence. And so the next slide is a little cartoon that says uh, Jupiter has an enormous gravity field. Then he's a sphere of influence. Sphere, circle. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's not what a sphere of influence is. Um, there there's there there are technical terms for it. Um, there is terms of the sphere of influence actually around a black hole. There is, but mostly that word came to be in international relationships. And the next slide is a depiction from the a British newspaper when six or seven countries were trying to gain a sphere of influence in China. And the map there has in front of them. They're all trying to take a piece because they want influence where they don't belong. And this was a huge historical. The, 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 a cartoon was made of it later on for your next slide there, which was the pizza. They put it in terms of a pizza and everyone trying to take a piece of the pizza because they wanted their sphere of influence. Now, the next very um, old but a, a timely picture is of a picture of America trying to have a field of influence, a sphere of influence all over the place. Um, and there's, there's all sorts of history in there, and, and that, but that's, that's not what we're going to talk about. But the sphere of influence then began to be used as what is our own sphere of influence in counseling and self-help. The next is a picture of someone depicting artistically the spheres of influence in your life. And, and, and they're depicting, they're, they're all melded and confused in all sorts of things. And where a more orderly one is the next picture where someone put it in the terms of a globe. And the next one is actually a game. There's a game called Spheres of Influence. And it's, uh, uh, it's, I've not played it, but that's, that's in it. And then the next one is important, and, I, and I'm going to ask you to memorize this one. Um, the Sphere of Influence of BH. I don't know what BH is. I looked it up and I couldn't find it. But there's the Sphere of Influence. That's important to know, isn't it? No. Then... Neptune, next slide. Neptune was the god, his parents were Kronos and Rhea. His sphere of influence was the water, oceans, seas, and rivers, etc. God of horses and earthquakes. I don't know who, you know, assigned the gods these, these areas of influence. Horses and earthquakes. I don't get the connection, but this was Neptune's fictitious... You know he's not real. <laughs> okay, Neptune was a, a, a Greek god. Poseidon is the other name. Um, and he had his limited... This is where he had jurisdiction. His spheres of influence were there. However, if you want to... Uh, the big guy, the next slide, is Zeus, or Jupiter, or Jove. Um, same parents, but his sphere of influence? King of all gods and God of weather and the sky. 
also king of Olympus. That's a big sphere of influence. And there are people in this world today that think they're like this, and sometimes they are close to it, because their sphere of influence by their political power or their economic power has given them great influence, not because of character, and not because of wish for the well-being of all people, but because of money or economics or things like that. And what is it now that the world is owned by how many people? It's a very small group that have, a, and, and their influence is, is incredible. So um, people have depicted this, and I want to show you a few drawings of it. The next one, you don't have to read this, but it's just these spheres. The first the little one is self, and then close family and friends, and then your social and work relationships, and then the wider community. So one, two, three, four spheres of influence. The next slide widens that out even more, and, and, and West Hill has done a, a superb job of stretching what we what, what our spheres of influence, but the, the little person there, yes, little person there, and then the next first one is the private, the next is their social network, the next is their organization they belong to, the next is the wider public, and the last sphere there is their culture, the norms and the, uh, the values of their culture, and what is your sphere of influence. Now you notice the person is the farthest away Away from the bigger spheres um, and has the most uh, is closest with the personal one so it's a lifelong question the next slide puts you in the middle and all these people and concerns around and so the question is what is your um, sphere what are your spheres of influence and are we paying attention to them and have we assumed we have a sphere of influence that we don't have and have we neglected that there's one we do have and we're not operating in it um, and, and with the, I mean, the, the climate situation right now, I've told you before, there are groups in the States, there are support groups now starting, I think they're starting in Canada as well, for people whose temperament and compassion and passion is such that the news of what is happening worldwide it is so onerous that they're finding their own mental health is being disturbed by it. And I get it. I, I, we all have different ways of handling that. We all have different personalities and temperaments, and there's not one right one. But we care about all of them. And so these groups are to get together and say, how can I cope? How can I live knowing this and fearing this? And those are very real. So what is my... And, and the next picture has, if we take on... Yes. If we did you did you go by one with the world in it? Was there a world before? The, yeah, that one. If if you believe that the world is hanging on your finger alone, and that's your sphere of influence, is the whole wide world only you? And there are people that you know what you know. Or, or since I can't be that, what point, there's all sorts of difficulties with that. And the next one is this Escher picture of futility, just wandering around little bits and bobs here. Um, and that can feel absolutely, and there's people right now, I'm working with the work, they feel absolutely hopeless. Absolutely core level hopeless that anything they can do makes a difference. And it depends on what that difference needs to be in your life. Um, another little chart there has put it, things outside my control and things I can control. Please name for me something over which I have no control. What do I have no control over? None. You're, you're going to be very grateful for this, that I have no control of... Hmm? 
the we- oh, okay, the weather. I have no control over the weather. I have been trying to find four dry days in a row because you have to, after a rainstorm, wait till the till your deck dries for two days. Then you stain it, and it must be dry for two more. I have not found four dry days. Even when they say it will be dry, it pours. And I don't know how come the Weather Network cannot give me four days. But yes, you're right. I have no control over the weather. Do you know what else I have no control over? And you're very grateful for this. I have no control over what you're thinking right now. None. In fact, I always wondered, like in virtual reality, like someday they'll be able to, uh, a speaker will look out and there'll be the little balloons over everyone's head and we'll be able to see what everyone's thinking, right? You know, could he just wrap up and we could go home? You know, that I get it, I get it. I've sat in the pew too. You know, um, um, but I don't know what you're thinking and I have not control over your thinking. If you think someone does control your thinking, we really need to have a very serious talk because nobody controls what you're thinking. I name something I have utter and complete control over. Something I have complete, utter control over. Right. The next thing I do, the very next thing I say is my responsibility. I cannot blame you for it. I'd like to blame you for things in my life. You know, I was having a really good day until you were short with me, and now I'm having a bad day, and it's not my fault because I started off fine. It was you that wrecked my day. And so if you've given someone that sphere of influence in your life that they actually can get in your head and ruin your day, that's an interesting power line. So things I can control, my words... Even my thoughts, my words, my reaction, my choices, even when I feel my choices are so small, it's me making the choice. I have control over me. I do not have control over your choices. I wish I did. Because if I could just control everyone's choices, what a beautiful world. No, no, no. It's very good that I do not control your choices. You have taught me much about choices, so if I was in control, we'd be worse off. So, so that idea of my choice and my... So what I have control over is me and mine. What I don't is I have no control over other people's mistakes. But they influence me. I don't have control over them, but they influence me. I have no control over other people's idea of what should happen in Ontario. I have no control over yours. I have mine. I have no control over what people do with their spare time. But neither do you have control over what I do with my spare time. So the spheres of influence in that chart are very good. Uh, the next the next slide is another one. These are all things that are taught in, in different um, workshops. To live an influential life, the big circle there is things I can't influence. The next circle is things I can influence. And the smallest ones, things I can control. And that's why I wanted to get the difference between things you can influence versus things you can control. Control means I have, and I, I've done this before, but I'm going to do it again, about, about marriage. Whether it's 47 years or 46 years or, or 16. Uh, I, I, the difference between a goal and a desire. I may have done this with you before, but I have to do it with myself all the time. So you get it again. The difference between a goal and a desire. A goal that I set for myself 
should be something over which I have complete control. Okay? A goal that I set for myself should be something over which I have complete control. Therefore, if my goal is to have a better marriage, do I have complete control over the state of my marriage? No. Because there's another person in it. That's what causes the difficulty, by the way, is the other person. <laughs> there's, there's the book of chapters that... that, that, that um, I often get, tell it in a workshop, book and chapters, it's called, We'd Have the Perfect Relationship If It Wasn't For You. <laughs> Greta gave me that book years and years ago. And it's on my shelf, yes. Um, but I don't have control over my marriage. So if my goal is to have a better marriage and the other partner doesn't cooperate, I'm never meeting my goal. I'm always frustrated. But my desire, my desire could be to have a better marriage. My goal has to be something over which I have complete control. So what could that be? That could be, I want to communicate better. So I'll take a communications course, or I'll read a book on communication and get better. I have control over that. That's, but my desire is to have a better marriage. But my sphere of influence is minimal there. I don't have control over it. I can influence but so is the other person got what they can control and I can't control and the influence goes. So in that realm of influence, to pick a goal over which you have complete control, you could actually meet your goal. Because you have complete control. It's in your sphere of control, not just your sphere of influence. The sphere of influence can be where you desire things. I desire a better planet. Do I have complete control over that? And that's where those self-help groups are there. I don't. I have such a little. But what can I set for myself? A goal? I will use less plastics. I've got control over that. I can do that. I will meet my goal. But if my goal was to save the whole planet, I'm going to always be beating myself up for failing. But it was beyond my sphere of control. But I chose to influence it within my sphere of control by doing something like really tough stuff but very healthy to sort that out in your in your life the next one actually uh, the next slide capsules that it encapsulates that very good the, the middle circle is control and it even delineates it a little more specifically direct influence is the next sphere indirect influence is the next sphere and I love that. The zone of no influence. <laughs> zone of no influence. I have nothing. I can't do anything about that. Now, we, we here in this family, in this group, in this, in this people, and, and I always want you to know, this is a summer g- gathering, and we're, there's lots of people you can name right now who are off enjoying their holidays. We have people all over the world that consider themselves part of West Hill. They consider themselves a member of West Hill. Um, or they listen to the podcast or they care about it. Gary gets emails all the time. Is there a West Hill in my neighborhood? And, and it's very difficult to, to find. And, and we've had people go and you know, Gary will say, well, this is a progressive place. And they'll write back and they say, not really. It's not my, is there a place? And, and so the, it is a wider group. But the idea of a zone of no influence. I think we've cracked that open a little. I think we haven't exactly found that there's a zone, except, I, know, I suppose if you say the rings of Saturn, I have no influence over the rings of Saturn. But, but I think we have tried to say we have responsibility for a wider thing than just our tribe, than just our group, than just our, what we can see in front of us. 
Um, and and I think I think there's two benefits to that. Number one, it it, it cracks us open to be a wider person with more awareness. And it also affects our character. Every kind of step like that builds character. It's a very spooky picture. The next picture is a very spooky picture. Have you ever seen it? The man is drawing a picture of himself, and that picture is drawing him drawing himself. Throws it up a little, doesn't it? Those are that kind of those pictures that make you think. And, and I, I included the picture because the whole idea of what we do when we walk into our sphere of control or influence actually then influences us. Uh, one of my favorite poems in the whole world is uh, Alfred Lord Tennyson's Ulysses. And I memorized it years ago and I, I love it. I, I don't understand most poetry. I just want to say that. Uh, unless it's like really clear and prosaic and maybe even a bit dull, I don't understand it. Greta shows me this most amazing poetry. And it's just beautifully written and gorgeously symbolic and whatever. I have no idea what it's saying until she says, this is what it means. I, oh, that's beautiful. I love that. So I don't do poetry, but Ulysses, the poem is clear to me and I get it. And one of the lines in it is, I am a part of all that I have met. I am a part of all that I have met. So when we are in our sphere of control, our sphere of influence, whatever we've done becomes a part of us. We are investing, and I'm flipping back to the identity and the belonging. We're investing in creating, in keeping on developing this life thing that we've got and over which we are totally responsible. So the more you invest in who that is, better off you, better off the next door neighbor, better off everybody for that investment. So that that picture really made me think of that. So another way of thinking of these spheres of influence, and I've got four slides that I just want to gently go by. Um, The spheres of influence, again, with the music in the background there. But I like to think of it as the first one, the spheres of concern. What are your spheres of concern? One of them about yourself. Are you concerned with who you are and what you are? Is that a concern for you? And that concern is a good thing, not a bad thing. Uh, Your concern for yourself, your awareness that you have a self, and that's the first message about that self, that's part of this web of life. That's your identity. You have an identity. Whatever else you are. Remember we talked about your job or your relationship, whatever. But you are a piece of life on the web of life. That is your identity. And, and to be concerned about how I, how I see that. You, to be concerned about others within my sphere of influence. And to be concerned about the planet. Spheres of concern. Almost you could picture them emanating out from you. But there are also, the next slide... They're also spheres of care. Spheres of care. And I think Westhill has expanded my idea of the spheres I care about. And it's a burden to care about things beyond your control. And I might not have any influence. I might have a small influence. But it matters. They are in my sphere of care now, and they weren't before. And some types of people from my background... They were a concern because they were living wrong according to a book that I thought was authoritative. And so I, in my sphere of control and influence, wanted to change them. And now I want to celebrate them. And that's a whole different use of my control and my influence. So my influence changed from changing you to celebrating you. 
And that's been a, a, a huge change in my idea of my spheres. Spheres of care. Who do I care about? Who do, about, about myself? Do I care for myself? You know, it's, it's very trendy now to say self-care and take care of yourself. And you deserve to take care of yourself. Um, but it's true. <laughs> it's just true. And it's not... I, I, I shudder when I hear people say, well, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. That's not a good enough reason. Take care of yourself because you're worth taking care of. You are, you are a piece of the web of life with dignity and worth, and you are worth taking care of, so do it. And, that, and we all flop. We all flop. But, well, some of us run in, in, in ridiculously long races and things and take care of themselves, but some of us don't do that as well. Um, the next, uh, so the sphere of care, but that's a feeling, right? The next one was the spheres of commitment. The spheres of commitment. What do I commit myself to? Where's my sphere? How far out do I see that I have a, 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 a reason to commit myself about me, about you? We always say about others and then about others we'll never meet. And you've mentioned some of them earlier this morning. People in refugee camps, for instance. They, they seem beyond my control. They are beyond my control. Are they beyond my influence? Maybe it influences the way I vote. Maybe it influences the way I use up our resources. So in my sphere of influence, I can actually be contributing. And the last one is the spheres of engagement. Not just a commitment, but I will do this and I do it. And so I I wanted to change the idea of the spheres of of influence to the spheres of contribution. To what do I contribute that enhances my idea of my own identity as a piece of life on the web of life? What do I do to contribute to a sense of belonging in this world? We talked about this last week. That, that I mean, right now you hear on the news. I, is, I, I might have the details of this wrong. But the lynching law in some southern states was changed recently. So now you cannot, as a mob, lynch someone for their race or their politics but they did not remove from the list sexual orientation. I hope that just I hope you almost don't believe me, right? It strikes you as so horrendous that you almost don't believe me. But that that was what it, and so when when you when you think of the sphere of influence, oh my goodness, I can't control that, but what it might make me vote differently. It might make me write a letter differently. It might make because this is not okay and it matters. It's in my sphere of care. It's in my sphere of concern. I, 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 I'm committed to living a life that helps people not be treated like that. And how can I engage in that? And, and it may be tiny, but it's that all these spheres in front of us that, that we have an impact in. And that's the, the last. That's, that's the last of the three. So again, the identity on the web of life when we say that we ground our reality in the interconnections of life because it's the only fact I can guarantee you the only fact I can guarantee you about life is that it is a web of interconnections that is not even debatable in science so when we came to West Hills Vision Works that long time ago who was around for the first Vision Works? there you are who was on the team of the first Vision Works? there you go I, I, I started the idea by, by collecting visions and statements and mission statements and statements of faith from as, ever, as wide as I could go. Put them all together and kind of drafted something together. And, and everyone grounded themselves in either a statement of faith or a particular book. 
that, that we're grounded in the Bible or grounded in the Quran or grounded in the uh, Mary Baker Eddy or grounded in, in somebody's writing. And we, we realized right away that that put people right out of our sphere of, of, of care. That, that wouldn't be us at all. So what did we ground ourselves in? What did we say? This is our foundational fact on which we will build everything else. And it came down to the fact of life. The fact that life is real, we're alive, and we're connected. That became our foundational statement. And anything that mucked that up didn't, didn't get on the statement. Because that was the foundation. If someone would say, but it needs to be as interpreted by this group. No, we left it open. We left it open to be life itself. Which invites how many discussions and disagreements and everything, but that's the human situation, to talk about what is ethically right in this situation, but grounded on that. So our identity on the web of life, the fact that you belong. I I often, in my work, I see people in long-term care, and the staff try to be very friendly and very caring, and nobody comes to see them, not a soul, not anybody. There's nobody left in their life, or there's nobody that's living close, or there's nobody. So what, what do we have to say to that person? They don't both seem to belong to anybody, but they do, and they belong to us. Every single one of them belongs on the web of life. They have that dignity and that worth because they're alive. And that's, again, what we based ourselves on. The worth is simply because of life itself. What someone does with that life, I may respect or not respect their choices, but respect them as a piece of life on the web, yes. Absolutely has to be fundamental. And the belonging. So the, so the sphere of influence. So I'm just, going to, I'm just going to leave that last slide up and play into our sending song um, for you to think of the spheres of your life, the sphere over which you have control, and how are you walking around in it, what you're doing, what you're not doing, the things you have control over that people are counting on you to do because you're the one in charge of that, and then the sphere of influence, direct influence, and indirect influence, and I'm cracking open that no influence part, unless we're talking about whether Pluto becomes a planet or not again. Um, But I'm talking about the things that matter. I think we've stretched it to say it all matters. It it, it really all matters. We are connected, so it matters. Big burden, big responsibility, big celebration, because it's for everyone. Everyone. So I'm just going to play into our our sending song. Um, I know because I'm the sender, I just remembered that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play, as you think, and then I will sort of signal for the words to come on the screen, and we'll stand and we'll send each other um, out into our spheres. No, you're already in them, <laughs> with an awareness of the spheres of our commitment and our, and our, and our engagement. So, um, so that's how we'll go. Oh! I'm really glad you brought those books in. Yeah, really. Fortunately, I'm early. Okay, these are four books that have been in my life before I was born, I think. They've always been around. My dad's, they're my dad's. I have many of my dad's books. Um, Greta and I, were, when we went to see my daughter, we passed the old favorites bookstore on Highway 7 just before Markham. 
you, you walk into a wonderland of nooks and crannies and shelves and it's a bit smelly, you know, that beautiful smell of old books. I love it. Um, and we, we bought some more books because we didn't have enough books. Um, when we downsized, I think I told you, we, we donated 25 liquor boxes. It's the only liquor store I've ever been in was to get boxes to move. Um, 25 books, boxes of books to... Uh, where I work, we're, we're having a big sale. And so we had to strike them. I have a list of all the books, so I don't buy the same book over and over. Because, oh, I love that. That's, you know. So anyway, we, striking it all off, we, between us, we have over 3,000. Um, and that's not counting my books at work. So we went to a bookstore and got a few more books. Um, anyway, these have been in my life all, all, all since I could remember. And my dad would show us them and open them up and say, this is your world, and this is what's going to affect you. And the books are called Ideas, Places, Things, and the ripped one is People. And, and he's, this, this is the world you're going out into, a world of ideas, places, things, and people. But know that many have gone before you with ideas, and they've made things, and they've gone places, and they've been their own character, and you're joining this world. I remember this was before there was internet. There was nothing, like we didn't even own an encyclopedia set, so this was kind of my world. And all these people, all these ideas, all these things, all these places... And my spheres widened because he did. This is a book of my spheres, um, and you've widened them. So yes, thank you for remembering that I didn't bring them. But I've loved them, and and they're probably out of date in many ways, but in many ways they're probably bang on. So my books.
You have been listening to a podcast from West Hill United Church located in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. These podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our listeners, volunteers, and members of our community. To donate, go to our website, www.westhill.net, and click on the Canada Helps button, or go to www.westhill.net forward slash donate.